Hello, friends. Welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary, the podcast. Although you probably already know that if you've uh, clicked on the button to listen, right? My name is Christy. I am the host of Awaken the Extraordinary. And if you have listened before, thank you so much and welcome back. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And I hope you come back. Awaken the Extraordinary is intended for anybody who believes that there's more to life than Groundhog Day, more to life than just waking up and doing the same thing over and over. It's for people that know that they're here to serve a purpose and are ready to just figure out what that is and take steps to making their lives more fulfilling, fulfilling. That's what you get when I hit record. (laughs) So more fulfilling and more purposeful. I don't think we were put here on earth to just survive and get by and struggle. I don't think that when we're functioning in that mode, excuse me, um, that we're able to be the best version of ourselves and imagine if we all accepted that merely surviving isn't okay. Like, how would you be different? How would your life be different? And how would the world be different? Awaken the extraordinary is about awakening to that, which is extraordinary already within yourself, just opening your eyes and your mind and your heart to seeing what that is. And then taking that and making your life extraordinary. And by doing that, you make the world a more extraordinary place. So that's what this podcast is. If this is your first time, I haven't gotten the music thing figured out yet. (laughs) So my intro is uh, a little bit longer than it probably will be, but thanks. Thanks for listening and thanks for being here. Um, What I'm going to talk about today is something that literally popped into my mind, not even three hours ago. And I don't put a lot of planning into this. Um, I just go with what I feel like I'm being led to focus on or something that's happened in my life. So that's where this episode is really coming from. And I wanted to let you know, like I came up right now it's four o'clock and, um, this idea popped into my head at 1 42 PM. So just wanted to share that with you. So right now, my husband is in Montana. He is scouting out towns and neighborhoods and houses. Um, We will be moving there at some point next year. Our plan is late spring, early summer. I am a San Diego native. I lived in LA very briefly for like eight or nine months. Um, 
but the rest of my life has been spent in San Diego. I was born here. It's where I live now, moved around a lot within San Diego, but this is the only place that I have lived. And ever since I was a kid, um, it's always been my fantasy to pack up and move across the country to a brownstone in New York on a street where the trees on other side of the street merge kind of into one and create this magical archway made of fall colored, fall colored foliage. That has been just an image in my mind for as long as I can remember. And the idea of just picking up and starting from scratch somewhere completely new has always really appealed to me because I like the idea of creating a completely different type of life for yourself than what you may have come to know. And that's really what we're doing with this move. Um, it's really amusing to me that every time we mention that we're moving to Montana, people are like, Oh, it's cold. It snows there. And I feel like I should make it a game now. Like how many times can we tell somebody that we're moving to Montana and that's not like the automatic response. I feel as though I should make it a monetary thing too, but that would mean that the person chiming in would have to be game. And I don't know that someone would want to do that. So anyway, that is where my husband is. And that's a bit of a background in terms of just kind of where I've spent my life and just what I've aspired to. And, um, my husband is also from California. He's a native Californian. He's from LA and, uh, moved down here in July, 2013. Um, how this whole Montana thing actually came about was after all the craziness started last March, I participated in a meditation challenge hosted by Gabby Bernstein. I had never meditated in my life. Well, I don't know that that's accurate. I think maybe I've meditated like one to three times and I just figured with the state of the world being what it was, it really made sense to <laughs> try to chill out a little bit. And, um, I signed up and one of the challenges, like there was a guided meditation every day for 21 days. I didn't even get through the whole challenge, but on one of the challenges within the first week, I remember sitting outside in our backyard and during one of the meditations, this vision came to mind of a house on a lake surrounded by all of these trees and it was just fresh air. There were no other houses around and, um, it was just magical and, <laughs> I remember thinking like, that's new. Where did that come from? And it, whenever I think about that and I reflect on that moment, it makes me think of the episode of friends. I, maybe this should be a drinking game. 
for those of you that listen, every time I make a friend's reference in a podcast, you have to take a drink or a shot if you want to make that more interesting. But anyway, I assume no responsibility if you choose to go with that. I'm just putting it out there for, you know, any attorneys that may get involved at a later point. Anyway, so there's that episode of Friends where Rachel has a dream and in the dream, I think she's making out with Joey and uh, she wakes up and is just like, that's new. So that's what I think of (laughs) every time I reflect on that moment. So going away from friends, as I sit here looking at my friend's calendar, um, I didn't know where that came from. It was such a weird vision for me to have. And I knew that I had it for a reason, but I didn't know what that reason was. So I, you know, went about my day and my life for probably a week. And then something, I think it was on Instagram appeared about Sealy Lake. And I had no idea what Sealy Lake was. And so I looked it up and Sealy Lake is in Montana. And so when I looked up Sealy Lake, it looked very similar to the image that I had in my mind or that came to mind when I was meditating. And so I was just thinking, okay, this is kind of interesting. And uh, I then started seeing a bunch of stuff about Montana and it wasn't anything that I intentionally sought out to find. It was just all of these things started like flooding towards me. And, um, I told my husband one day, I said, I think we're supposed to move to Montana. I'm just, I'm getting all of these signs and this feeling that that's where we're supposed to be. And, and we had talked for a while about California really not being the place for us any longer. Um, I think it's the place for a lot of people. It is not the place for us any longer. And we had talked about getting out, but we just couldn't agree in terms of where we would go. Um, I have a lot of family in Arizona, but my husband was like, I don't want to go to Arizona. It's, I don't like the desert. And I didn't want to move to where some of my family is, um, in the white mountains. I, I think distance, um, benefits our relationship. So, And there were other reasons why we didn't want to go to Arizona, but we just couldn't land on a particular place that both of us agreed upon. And so when I told him that, when I approached him with Montana, he was just like, okay, I'm good with that. He didn't like sound quite like that, but he, he was instantly on board and I just looked at him and was like, really? Oh. Okay. I I was actually expecting more pushback or maybe some pushback, but to have nothing. Oh, oh, okay. And the funny thing was he had actually been to Montana. He realized, um, relatively recently twice. So he had been there for something having to do with a prior job. And then he realized, you know, when his Facebook memories popped up a few weeks ago, like he had been there another time. 
I've never been there. I've never traveled there. There's always been some fascination with Montana since I was a kid. And I think it was just the beauty of it. I didn't, um, I didn't really understand why I had, you know, this fixation on it, but it was there. And so I kind of started piecing things together and, and I thought, I really believe that this is where we're supposed to be. And we talked about going out there at some point to look at houses and and look at areas because, you know, I do have a son. So that is something that I need to take into consideration. And we just started working with a realtor out there. And I really just believe this is where we are going to be. And it's funny because I follow some thrifters on Instagram and it was interesting because one of, one of the first things that popped up on my Instagram feed one day were these license plates. And there were three license plates, vintage license plates that this, um, my gosh, that this thrifter was selling and two of them were from Montana and one was from California. And then another day I opened up my Instagram feed and another thrifter I follow was selling this, what is it? This pressed flower plexiglass thing, or it's actually real glass. It's in the shape of Montana and it has these pressed flowers in it and it says Montana. And it was the first thing that popped up on my Instagram feed. And so I was just telling my husband, I really... Like, I feel like we are getting all of these signs that are just confirming this is where we need to be. And it was just funny because he kept telling me, you don't need to sell me on this. It's fine. I'm on board. Okay. And I started thinking about it. And um, the, the fact that he's there right now for a few days and going to visit houses and um, he just showing me the scenery because I, I have some specific criteria. Um, I do want to live in a place that has a small town feel. Um, if you don't yet know this about me, I love Hallmark movies. I actually have a separate Instagram called my happy feel good place. And it is about Hallmark and all those feel good, warm, fuzzy vibes that you get when you watch those movies and I actually find them really inspirational. And, um, I, I want to live in a town where they have a town square that looks like a Hallmark movie. And it would be even better if it looked like a Hallmark movie at Christmas. So the fact that he's there checking all of this stuff out really got me thinking about how I've lived my life. and the perspective on life that I had, I mean, really minus a few incidents or circumstances, like my perspective on life has pretty much been life. Life happens, life happens to us and we just have to roll with the punches. Um, I always heard about the concept of life happening for us. But I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I I grew up in a household where things were always tight. 
financially. The word was tight. I remember my parents bearing, um, bought, uh, oh my gosh, what is with my mouth today? I remember my parents are always borrowing money from my grandparents. Money was always a factor in everything that we did and everything that we didn't do. It really was a very limited resource. And as such, there wasn't a lot of freedom to do things, to explore. There wasn't a lot of extracurricular, like fun stuff going on. And the mindset in my family was very much, it's my experience was very much like life happens to us and we just have to make the best of the situation. So there was really never any element of you having any say in how your life went. You know, maybe it was like, if you were dating somebody, yes, you could say yes or no, or, you know, thank you next, whatever you want to say. But in the game of life, which is a board game I've never played, by the way, um, it's like you were a puppet and God or whomever was in charge, they were just pulling the strings. So again, the idea that you had any role in designing the life that you want and living that life, that was something that was never, ever discussed. And I think, you know, that that wasn't conversations. Those weren't conversations that I think my parents had with their parents. You know, I think there's just so much that we do because of what we saw and what we experienced as children. But if we actually sat for a moment and just thought, well, this is how my life has been, but what if it's not how it has to be? What if just because I live in San Diego and I was born in San Diego, what if this isn't where I have to be? What if this isn't where I'm going to spend the rest of my life just because I happen to be born here? And I mean, that's a very simple example, but it's a very real thought for me and, and an experience that I had, you know, and I, and, and growing up, I would see all these people moving all of these places. And I was just like, how is this happening? Like, what makes you decide to leave? How do you have the financial ability to leave? It was just something that was just mind boggling to me because when I did see like my dad move, and actually happened before I was born, it was because of a job. So yes, ultimately, like if you're offered a job at another location and you choose to accept that job, that is your choice. But to just decide to pack up and move because you just feel like you're being called to go somewhere else, or you just don't like where you're living and you want to change, like that didn't happen a lot. 
like, I just didn't see that a lot. So I didn't know that. I guess I didn't know the details of that. And, and I just didn't understand how all of that worked. And so with what's happening right now in my life, I really stop and kind of revel in that because the way I am choosing to approach my life now, in some ways it feels like a 180. I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a 160. I don't know, but it's different because last March and April and May, I really began reflecting hard on my life because I think I was forced to, in a way, the things that were once so certain and taken for granted weren't so certain anymore. And the things that I took for granted, I realized I took them for granted. And so with everyone's lives being so swiftly changed, I think it made me sit there and go, why can't I approach my life with that same mentality? Because our lives are never going to be the same. And I know everybody says, you know, tomorrow's never promised and it's not. We just assume that we're going to be here tomorrow. We don't know that we are. I hope that we are, but we don't know that we are. And so why shouldn't the days that we have be spent living our lives the way we want? Why should we go to a job we freaking hate every day and suffer? Why should we be working to earn money, really big bucks for other people and not spending time with like our loved ones? Why should we accept struggling as something that's normal? Why should we accept being unhappy as something that's normal and acceptable? Why should we accept being stressed out and overworked and depressed and anxious and sad and hurt? Like, why should we accept all of that as normal? Feeling all of those things is normal, but being that way. Every day, for the majority of your time, living in a place you don't want to live, doing something you don't want to do, spending time with people you don't want to spend time with. Why are we doing that?
I don't think we're put here to struggle and suffer. And how can we be the best version of ourselves to ourselves and to each other when we're so miserable inside? I look at the world right now and I see so many people hurting in so many of the same ways and in so many different ways. And I see people instead of working on themselves and understanding, hey, like what this person said upset me. What does that mean about me? Instead of like attacking someone else, maybe actually pausing and thinking, why is this affecting me in this way? If there was more healing going on in the world, if there were more people that had grace and compassion and love for themselves, I don't think our world would look the way it does. Maybe I'm wrong, but when I... (laughs) When I see people attacking each other on like Facebook and, and even now Instagram and how people get so riled up and pissed off because people don't think the way that this person thinks they should think, or they're not doing what this person thinks they should do. It really has nothing to do with the other person. Like really it's about what that person said and because of your experiences the story you tell yourself about what that person's words mean to you and actually not reacting to that, but reflecting on it. Our world has so much potential. Like we have so much potential. And when I look back at my life, And I look at how I feel like I wish I'd had this perspective sooner. And I feel kind of cheated because I wish my parents had taught me that I can have whatever life I want. That I don't have to do what other people think I should do, or I don't have to hate my job. Barely scraping by doesn't have to be acceptable. Doesn't have to be normal.
Like, what if my, my parents had encouraged me to dream big and just ask me like, what kind of life do you want to have? And don't limit yourself. Like what kind of life do you want to have? Where do you want to live? Like, who do you want to be surrounded by? How do you want to serve people? What do you, what do you feel your, your talents are? Is that something that you want to utilize in how you choose to serve your community in the world, how you make your mark? I can guarantee you those are the types of conversations I'm going to have with my son. And it being almost 44, you know, like I said, I I wish I'd had some of these realizations sooner, but maybe I was never meant to. Maybe this is all happening in the right time. You know, and so I guess like my, my big thing is I think so many of us feel, and it's not everyone, because trust me, I know people that to me, take life by the reins and (laughs) saddle up and, and they go, but I think about many of the people that I've journeyed with thus far through life. And so many of us feel like we're a victim of our circumstance. Like we're, we're dealt a deck of cards by life and we have to make the most of them. But what if we looked at life and we're just like, okay, what can I learn from this? What is this, what is this experience showing me? How do I feel about it? Is there something I would do differently going forward? Did I learn something from this? What if you, what if you chose to see an abusive relationship being something that happened for you and not to you? Not to diminish or minimize like the pain, the discomfort, the fear, the frustration, not to minimize any of that. But what if it happened for you so that you were able to realize things about yourself or about other relationships 
And that ultimately made you wiser and enabled you to make better decisions about who you chose to let into your life going forward. Or maybe it helped you identify things within yourself that you needed to work on so that people like that no longer have access to you. I was in an emotionally abusive relationship off and on for two years. And um, it was awful. And I'd never been in a relationship like that before. And I'd never been in a relationship like that since. Thank God. Um, I finally had it when I got tired of watching my dogs jump off the couch and go run into the other room and hide under the bed because me and this person that I was dating were screaming at each other. Again, it happened on nearly a daily basis. And this person was extremely manipulative, was gaslighting me all the time. And I didn't even know what that was. Like it got to the point where I was, I was questioning my sanity and I felt so beaten down emotionally. It was awful. Like it was just, it was awful. And that was when I was just like, when my dogs ran under the bed, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just can't. And the situation was made even better because we had an apartment together and I needed to get out of the lease. Thankfully, um, that was only a couple of months later, but this person like shorted me on rent. I had to reach out to someone to, uh, get money so I could pay my portion of the rent. And this person, this person I was dating, like we had a joint cell phone. He shut off my cell phone. Like he literally made my life hell until I was off that lease. And I just kept thinking like, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? And I honestly don't remember if it was at the end of like the relationship or if it was kind of a realization I had a little bit later. I was miserable in that relationship. I mean, I was miserable. When we got along, we got along really well, but there was just so much drama. Like it was just, I knew deep down, like this was not going to work. And I don't know that I really wanted it to, I don't know if it was a distraction. I don't know what it was. I didn't feel alone. Um, maybe that's what it was, but ultimately I had the realization that being treated that way, although I hated it and it felt awful it was familiar to me. And even though it was uncomfortable, there was an aspect of it that was comfortable because it was familiar. 
And then I started thinking about why that was. And then I realized it was because that was how my mother treated me from probably about the age of 12 onward. And this relationship ended, I want to say I was like maybe 34, 35, maybe. So that was a long time that I was treated that way by my mom. There was definitely, I mean, a more volatile sense with this guy than there ever was with my mom, but the berating from like an emotional standpoint, feeling like you weren't good enough, you weren't doing things right, always being the one that was in the wrong. Like if something was wrong, it was always my fault. And when I started to feel a certain way, reality being skewed a bit, at least from their perspective, and and then just a lot of convincing that they were right, all of that was the same. And this is actually really hard to talk about because I don't think either of them did any of this intentionally. It was just who they knew how to be. But I'm bringing this up because for the longest time, I saw that awful relationship as something that happened to me. But once I started looking at it, like once I had those realizations and I started reflecting on like, why did I choose to put myself in this situation? When I started looking at me in the equation, it allowed me to gain a different perspective on the experience. And so now I can look back. And feel that that relationship, that whole experience happened for me. It didn't happen to me. And without that relationship happening, I may not have had that realization about my relationship with my mother. And therefore our relationship now would not be occupying the space it does now, which is different than the space it occupied before. And it's hard. It's really hard when you have to look at yourself and think, what am I choosing to allow in my life? What am I choosing to allow to just happen to me? Because we don't want to think like we're in our own way. Like that sounds ridiculous, but I feel like a lot of the times we are. So I feel 
like when you start looking at life from that perspective of it happening for you and not to you, I feel like that like expands your mind. It like kind of, woo, it, it allows you to imagine a different reality for yourself when you're able to look at life that way. And what if you decided your life was going to be a certain way and you stopped actually believing all of the bullshit you may be telling yourself about why your life is the way it is and how it can't be the way you want it to be. Like, what if you just stopped believing those excuses? And I'm not saying that like you could turn around tomorrow and go buy in tropical Island or something like that, because that's what you want. Like, I'm not saying that. But when you start believing that like you actually have some, some semblance of control over how your life is, things change. I feel like we're, we're so conditioned to feel like life is hard and it's, it's complicated. And that's what we see. That's what we experience. But what if we were around different people? What if we were around people who, my God, were accomplishing all of these amazing things. And they, they had a multi-million dollar business and still able to spend time with their kids and like take a nap sometimes like that would show us what was possible. So when you look at the life that you want, is that different from the life that you're living? And if it is how, and what small shifts could you make in your life right now? that would help you get to living the life that you actually want to live and probably the life you deserve to live. And for me, it really is about, I think it can be as simple, but it's kind of complicated. I get it. As just looking at situations and thinking, why is this happening And what am I supposed to be learning from this? I was married very, very briefly for like a year and a half. And I was not happy in that marriage. He wasn't either. Um, And one of the things that I did because I was unhappy was I shopped. He was very particular about money. Um, And so even though we had a joint bank account, we still had our own separate credit cards. And I was unhappy. I felt like he didn't understand me. We granted, we got engaged three months after we started dating, and then we got married two months later. So, you know, I was 22, probably 
not the best decision that I made, but it was, you know, it was fine and it's fine. And I, I think he's actually a really decent guy. We just weren't the right fit for each other. Um, but I was unhappy. So I would shop and because I knew how he felt about that, I would go shopping. I would keep all of the bags in my trunk. He would get up really early. He was in the Navy. He would get up really early and go to work. And then I would go out to my car. (laughs) I would bring in the bags. I would cut off all the tags, hang the clothes up in my closet, take the bags and the tags and put them in the dumpster. And then if he actually noticed something new, I would say, oh, so-and-so at work gave it to me or, oh, I've had this. Like, don't you remember? Don't you remember this? I've worn it before. Like it was just, I was being super shady and that didn't feel good. Um, I don't know if he ever knew this. He's not going to listen to this podcast, so it's fine. But even if he did, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, I'm like, I don't even know if he knew this. But in doing that, I charged up a lot of debt. Like I, I, I incurred a lot of debt doing that. And um, that was a habit that I kept going um, or that I kept doing. I, I charged up a lot of money on an American Express corporate card with one of my previous employers. It was not good. Um, I kept my job. And had to make payments of almost $1,200 a month for nine months. And when you're not making a lot of money, that was really rough. Um, money was always an issue in my family because there was just never enough. And I see how that mindset and like my mom was a, a compulsive shopper too. Like I just, see how I kind of followed suit there when I was unhappy. And, uh, that pattern of behavior continued for quite some time. I got into debt management a couple of times and, um, nothing worked. I then was making payments and and trying really hard to pay things off and do things like the quote unquote right way. But it was just, I mean, you know, like the interest is so high on credit cards and like you pay the minimum or a little bit more, but the interest is, you know, still makes it out to be like you made maybe a dollar payment. And it was just, it was awful. So in 2012, I filed for bankruptcy and I didn't have any shame in that because by that time, So mind you, I got married in 2000. Okay. So this pattern of behavior was really an off and on thing for over 10 years. So when 2012 came and, um, I was actually dating somebody who told me, yeah, you know, this, there's this bankruptcy attorney, you should talk to them. I didn't have any shame because the, 
the couple of years leading up to that, I was really trying to change my behavior, but I just wasn't, I wasn't able to really make what much headway. And so I filed for bankruptcy and the sense of relief that I had was just like insane. And I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, why did I choose to struggle for so long? And it was because I needed to learn from that. Because I've known people that have filed for bankruptcy and then turned around and did all of the same exact things that led them to filing for bankruptcy before. And they turn around and they file it again. And there's no judgment here from me. So if like you're listening and and you're in this situation or you've been in this situation, like there is absolutely no judgment from me, but that's what I had seen. And so I think, um, I was just like, well, it doesn't help. Like it doesn't help, you know, but when I did it, when I filed for bankruptcy, I knew that I was never going to do it again. And if I hadn't struggled, like I did because of choices I made, I don't think I would have changed my behavior. Like if I could have filed for bankruptcy sooner, I think I probably would have been one of those people filing for it a few years later, but because I struggled for so long, I was able to look back and go, I, I needed to learn something. And God was just like, you haven't learned it yet. (laughs) You're still doing this. And it was like, once I kind of decided to curtail all of that and really make a, a conscious effort to change things. It was like that, that oppor- opportunity presented itself and I took advantage of it and things have been different ever since. Um, in 2015, I bought a house in San Diego, California. And I never thought that would have been possible. I always thought I would be renting or renting rooms. And I bought a house. And I'm thankful for what I went through because, again, I needed to learn a lesson. And It was something that I absolutely believe happened for me. All of that, that pain that I went through, it happened for a reason because finances is not, it's a very popular topic in my family and and growing up, but not popular in a good way. And so me having that experience and being able to look back at it and and look at it as something that happened for me, it made a 
big difference to me. And so bringing this back (laughs) to my husband and being in Montana, I really feel that our lives should be enjoyed. They should be fulfilling. We should be happy. We should be excited. We should be passionate about the things that we're doing and who we're spending our time with. And if your life doesn't feel that way, maybe ask yourself why. And if you feel stuck, ask yourself why. And if your life could be whatever you wanted it to be, what would it look like? What kind of person would you be? How would you be the same? How would you be different? What would you be doing? Who would you be spending your time with? What if you look back on the pain you've experienced, on the unpleasant events in your past? What if you looked at your life now and you looked ahead at the amazing life you're going to have. And what if you just asked yourself, how have all of these things that have happened happened for me so that I can have the life that I want, the life that I deserve? That's my call to action for you this week. Is if you shifted your perspective from life happening to you to life happening for you. What would change? What would be possible? It's such a subtle shift. But I I can tell you from personal experience, it's a pretty freaking powerful one. Maybe take like five minutes after you listen to this and just think about it because you're here to thrive. You're here to flourish. You're here to put your own magical mark on the world. And you can't do that if you're always functioning in survival mode. If you're living a life that just doesn't 
feel right to you. If you're living a life that doesn't feel good, you can't be your fullest, most beautiful self. So I would just love for you to think about that life. If you're not living it right now, think about that life that you know you're destined to live. Looking at your life now. Changing the two to four in terms of life's happenings. And maybe make a commitment to yourself that you're going to do things differently going forward. Even if you you have to write it on a post-it and maybe reflect on it every night, there's going to be a shift. And I would love to know what happens for you. My husband being Montana is part of my shift. Is looking at life and everything that's happened to me. as something that's actually happened for me. And it's pretty freaking cool. So if you decide to uh, shift things up a little bit for yourself, let me know. You can find me at Awaken the Extraordinary on Instagram. You can email me at Christy at awakentheextraordinary.com. I thank you so much for being here. I thank you so much for listening. I can be long-winded and I can be very long-winded when I'm passionate about something and living the lives that we're supposed to be living That's pretty freaking important to me. And I know it is to a lot of you too. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I, I appreciate you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you next time.